0: this
1: morning well welcome mamas. so glad that you're here to enjoy this day with us and um i want to start out with a a little statistics with you guys and to bring some revelation to all the guys but um not to say that y'all don't do some of this too but majority yeah okay thank you um moms change 5.5 diapers per day which equals 38.5 diapers per week 165 per month, and 2,008 per year. And then if you have two, that's doubled, or twins, you know, Shelly right there knows (laughs) twins, Um, we get approximately five and a half hours of sleep per day, so that's a 900-hour loss of sleep per year. Say hello to caffeine. Coffee. <laughs> um, three hours per day trying to feed their baby, which adds up to six weeks making airplane noises to get them to eat. Preschoolers require mom's attention every four minutes or 210 times a day. Say that one again. Yeah. Four minutes every four minutes. Or 210 times a day. Mom? 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 Does it change when they're teenagers? Mom? Not really. <laughs> Mom, where
0: are you? You just deflated all the women. I'm (laughs) still in the house.
1: Where do you think I went? I haven't gone anywhere. Um, Yeah, so middle-income families spend approximately $242,000 to raise a child from 0 to 18, and that's not including children. I mean college. Not including children. (laughs)
0: Think about it, $242,000 from when they're born right. to when they turn 18. Right. Wow. Look at your kid and go, you are expensive, <laughs> <laughs> but worth it. Yeah, you're worth it. you're but worth, you're worth it. it. Yeah.
1: So now let's give a big round of applause to all the mamas. Come on, give them a big here. hand
0: this morning. Yep. Wow, that's some pretty crazy statistics. Um, my wife was with uh, Jennifer the other day, and the kid, I didn't know this, but the kids had the two girls of somebody had called her to say, hey, mom, what's for lunch? And she's out hanging out with a friend. And then I call because me and Ethan are together. And I'm like, hey, babe, what's for lunch? And, and they're sitting there laughing on the phone like it, it never stops. Never. <laughs> it never <stopped. laughs> so thank you, mamas. We really appreciate you. I was raised by a single mom. And so there's a special place in my heart for all single moms. And uh, your workload is probably doubled or tripled because of all the pressures you have to handle. And so I just want to say, may God bless you and be with you. Amen? Amen? Well, we want to start off this morning just to kind of give you a little bit of a foundation as we go into a message. The way it's going to kind of work is I'm going to preach a little bit, and then Cheryl's going to give the whole practical side of it. And she's going to share some stories and and really speak to the moms and even to the men at one or two points. And don't worry, men, she's pretty gentle with you guys. <clears throat> it's just when we get home. Um, <laughs> But Proverbs 31, verse 30 says this, that charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. And you go, ah, Leah, I had to come to church to hear that. <laughs> Watch this. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised, the Bible says. So your charm, is <laughs> deceptive. Your beauty is going to fade. I know that's not real encouraging, but here's the encouraging part, is that a woman who fears the Lord, the Bible says, will be greatly praised. So let's break that down for a real quick minute. What does it mean to fear the Lord? You ever wonder what that means? Does it mean I go hide and tremble in a corner because God might strike me down, and if I mess up one time, he's going to send a thunderbolt after me? No, that is not. That is a fear of the Lord, but it's not a healthy fear of The Lord, the Bible actually says, or, or theologians believe that a fear of the Lord is, is called a reverent fear of God. But even that's not clear, right? Because we don't use the word reverent very often, do we? So what is a fear of the Lord? What does that look like? Well, to me, it looks like this. I'm not afraid. It's not a fear that causes me to run away from God. It's a fear that I have of being away from God. You you see what I'm saying? An unhealthy fear says, I got to run away from God because he's going to strike me down. A healthy fear says, I don't want to be away from God. I think it was Moses that said in the Old Testament when they were getting ready to go out of battle, he said, God, if you don't go with us, then I'm not going. You follow me? He had a fear because why? Because that fear comes out of a condition called I'm so well taken care of. God's doing me so good. He's taking such good care of me. I don't want to be anywhere else but in his presence. I don't want to stray too far to the right, too far to the left. I don't want to lag behind too far and I definitely don't want to run ahead of him. I want to be with him and I'm afraid to not be with him. Does that help? So a woman who loves, enjoys, and appreciates the presence of God, the Bible says, will be greatly praised. Now, how many of you women like to get a little praise sometimes? Come on, be honest. Come on, if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying in church. You like a little praise. When your husband comes home and he says, Girl, you looking good today. You don't like that? You like that? Yeah, I thought you did. When he comes in the house, he goes, Woo, what's cooking on the kitchen, girl? Man, this house looks good. Just saying. If you don't want no praise, then that's okay. But the Bible says that a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Um, we had a moment when we were uh, young parents, and all the kids were real young. In fact, Anna was still in diapers. Our youngest was still in diapers. And we had them back to back. They're all like a year to a year and a half apart, right? Two years. Two years. I figured I'd get some correction on that. Two years They're all left. about two years apart. So we kind of, we didn't plan it, but it was kind of like bam, bam, bam. Okay. And, and so the kids were all real young and Cheryl, she was the primary caretaker. She would, she would, man, she was there every day, 24 seven, always on call, never get a break mama and a wife and a cook and you don't, know, you know, the rest of the story. And so I remember there was a time she was going to, she was going to leave. She was going to go to a conference and Anna was still in diapers, and I was keeping the kids for the first time by myself for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you need to laugh. So Anna needed a diaper change. And, you know, kids, they're all sweet when their mama's there until daddy has to take care of them. And so anyway, Anna has this, she has what I call a, a, a dirty, dirty diaper. It's bad. It's like one of those ones when you open it up, you can't reclose it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh. So I set her on the bed, opened it. I was like, oh, you couldn't hold this for mom? And so I'm like, and then I didn't bring the other diapers with me. So I'm in a bind. And I'm like, well, she's not going to jump off the bed. And, And the bathroom's like to where the drums are. I'm like, I can make this. And I stood there for like probably 10, 20 seconds convincing myself that I could make it. At one point, I think I said, you are fast enough. (laughs) And so she's laying on the bed, dirty diaper, and I'm like, okay, don't move. Take off to the bathroom, like flash lightning, man. I come right back. She had done flipped over, spun around, and was coming head first off the end of the bed when I saw her. And it was too late, and I was like, it was one of those, no! And she comes off head first, does a nose plant in the carpet, The feet come over the back of her head. I thought I broke her in half. I'm like, oh, my God, I broke the baby. So I grab her. I'm like checking her spine. I'm like, man, are you okay? You're in one piece like she still flexes. I'm like, she's okay. I sat her on the bed and I look at her, and she got carpet burn all the way down here. I'm like, dang, I can't hide that. That don't hide. No, it don't. So I fixed her all up, and then (laughs) I, I tried to figure out how to hide it. There just wasn't the way. And then, yeah, I come home and uh, a day or two later.
1: Yeah. And the kids are like, hey, mom, like, hey, and Anna's walking up or crawling up. She might have been crawling. Crawling. Yeah. And she has a road rash and it's already crusted over, you know, and I'm like, what happened? Well, let me tell you. And I'm like, you never leave a baby on the bed by themselves. You never know when they're going to roll over.
0: So, so, yeah, the, lesson learned. so before the, but let me back the story up before the kid, before Cheryl left, the kids had a meltdown. Yeah. So like they see her walking out with a bag and they're like, oh, heck no. <laughs> if you go, we go. And, and so it got bad to like, I felt, I felt offended. It's like, they didn't want to stay with me. They screaming and crying and all this. And so my point is, is that they were so well taken care of by their mama that they had a fear of not being in her presence. You follow me? That's the fear of the Lord we're talking about this morning. It's the kind of fear that says, I'm so well taken care of, I don't want to be away from you, God. Because that dude might drop me on my nose, right? So, but praise God, Anna's still cute. She doesn't have any marks, and her back's good. And I did drop her another time when she was a teenager out of the tractor. <clears throat> but we'll, that's another sermon point later on.
1: Poor Anna. Pray for her.
0: Yeah. So, Men, we try, right? We try. I mean, our intentions are good. So let's go to Titus chapter 2. This is going to be the theme verse for the message today. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. We pick the story up. Paul's writing a letter to the church, and he's writing it to Titus, who is over the church. So this is one guy writing to another guy, and he gets to chapter 2, and Paul decides to tell Titus how to teach the women. He goes, you need to teach the women this. I'm thinking, yeah, you real brave, Paul. You sitting in a cave in a prison somewhere writing a letter to another dude to tell him how to straighten the women out. (laughs) Glad I wasn't Titus. But Titus preaches the message anyway. And watch what he says. He says, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes and to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. I love that part. And then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So that's the letter that Paul tells, that writes, he writes to Titus to tell the women to teach them that the older women should teach the younger women and all these great things, right? And so we're going to pull some points from this. And so point number one is this, allow God to fill you before you try to fill others. You see, mamas, you're going to have to give yourself an opportunity to get from God what you need before you give to others what they need. Super important, because you can't work out of an empty tank. You can't, you can't drive a truck that has no fuel, right? Right. Or a car. You can't drive it if it has no fuel. If the battery is in charge, it's not going to work. So you're going to have to give yourself. Now watch this. You're going to have to give yourself an opportunity to get from God what you need before you can give anything to anybody else. Does that make sense? How many of you would say, I need to do a better job at that? <clears throat> so, so Titus 3 says this. Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. So watch this. A woman who lives in the fear of God is a woman that can teach other women. It's a woman that honors God. Let me explain how, because when you have a healthy fear of God, it means you want to stay in God's presence, right? You don't want to get too far away from him. So watch this. If, If I was to go and hang out with somebody new, if I got a new friend, and I would go hang out with them, the longer I hang out with them, the more our characteristics start to blend together, right? I start to speak like them. I start to say something. I start to get interested in what they get interested in, right? So watch this. As we spend more time with God, we start to take on his characteristics and his nature. Remember, I'm afraid to be away from God. So that means I'm staying with him. If I stay with him, then I'm going to start to become like him. And that person, whether male or female, their life starts to change. And then they start to bring honor To God It's a beautiful thing I I get to Cheryl, and I get to see it from a pulpit kind of position Where we see people who come into the church Unsaved or unhealthy And they come in and they get under some good teaching And they get into a life group They get plugged onto the dream team And then their life starts to change And even they, they even get better looking It's true I mean you should have seen me before I got saved So it's a healthy fear that leads us to become more like him. And in doing that, we honor him. Then then Paul says they must not slander others. And what Paul's meaning is is you need to teach the other women, the older women, that that when they get depressed and they get down and they're starting to feel sorry for themselves, don't pull anybody else down. The word slander means to tear somebody down. So watch this. God gave you an indicator. You know what you feel like when you want to tear somebody up, right? Why, why do you want to tear some other people up or talk about somebody or pull somebody down? It's because you're not in a healthy place yourself, right? So watch this. When you're giving out and you're pouring out so much to your kids, to your husband, to your house, to your life, we get empty, right? If you stay empty for too long, you become unhealthy. When you become unhealthy, you want to start pulling other people down. So the indication is, is when I want to tear somebody else down, I need to check myself. I need to check my condition with God. What's my position with God, right? You may need to take a break. You may need to call a friend, and say, hey, I need a couple hours. Can you come watch my kids? I got to get out of here for a minute. Not to go drink something, not to go smoke something, not to go eat something, but to go spend some time with God because I need some download." Right? I need him to pour something into me. And when he does that, then I don't want to pull anybody else down. Then I start to try to lift people up again. Because when you're lifted up, you want to lift others up. Right? And then he says this, don't be heavy drinkers. (laughs) So you got to watch this. I, I really offended the first service. I said, you don't, if you're feeling tempted to go drink something or take something to deal with your stress, then you're not healthy in your relationship with Jesus. Because He's your all you need. Yeah. He's the one we run to. Amen? Yeah. He didn't say, Go get drunk and then come to me. He said, Come to me. He says, Come to me. I got everything you need, right? Even chocolate. Yeah. Bluebell. Yeah. Pie. I'm gonna hit one of y'all in the head real quick. <laughs> Snickers. Milk, see, starting to come out. Devil's manifesting all over the place. <laughs> Anybody else got a they need a confession? Zero bar. Zero bar. Reese's. That's, my, that's a familiar devil. <laughs> Baby Ruth. Okay. All right. So instead of running to things to get a release and to, and to get yourself back healthy again, Paul was telling Titus, tell the older women that their lives need to honor God. Don't run to those other things. They're not going to make your life better. Run to Jesus, who's got everything that you need. Amen? Run to him. Position yourself back close to him again. And so he says that, he says, to to not slander, to not be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. you got to have something to be able to give something. Amen? And listen to me. Most of you have more to give than you know. Can I say that again? Most of you have more to give than you know, but you're believing lies that you don't have anything to give away. Amen.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's to remember what's important. I mean, when the kids were little and you're busy, you know, with littleness and always cleaning and, and all that, I mean, there's always a season. doesn't matter how old they get. There's always different seasons, but there's always a struggle to spend time with God because the first time, you know, you know, women, first thing you wake up is you go, okay, I need to put some clothes washing, you know, I need to fix some lunch, I need to fix breakfast, and, you know, you have a checklist. But the most important thing is God and spending time with God. And these days, see, back in my day when mine were little, they didn't have, like, you know, podcast and YouTube and, you know, stuff that you can listen to now. Smartphone. Now, Smartphone, no. They didn't
0: have a smartphone.
1: They had a flip phone, though. Flip phone. Um, barely, barely a flip phone, but now it's so more, it's easily accessible to tap into other things, you know, other teachings, other preaching, you know, that kind of stuff. So your relationship with God will always change as your stages of life changes. It does. And I used to think that my time with God had to look like his time with God. Cause you know, I thought that I had to spend Two hours a day, and and studying, and and all that kind of stuff. So I would compare myself to him and feel defeated. Just feel defeated. So God has shown me through the years what my time with God looks like is worship. I love worship. I'm not the greatest singer, <laughs> but I do love worship and um, prayer and outdoors spending time in God's creation, that's when I feel close with God in prayer. And um, and every relationship with God is unique. That's what you have to realize. Your relationship with God is unique. And we all need the word, even if it's a verse that you hang on to, one verse that you hang on to for a couple of days, a week, years, promises. I mean, I have a chalkboard in my kitchen area, and I usually plaster one up, and every time I pass by, I read it. I read it, I read it, I read it, I read it. And it's not just to get it from here, but to get it to here. So those are some practical things. There are th- so many easier ways these days.
0: Yep. Even Jesus took time to go and give himself an opportunity to get from God what he needed before he would go out into the day and pour out. And so if, you, if you're not letting God download some things into you, you're really living your life empty. And so our encouragement is, is take a moment. It's going to be unique for every one of you. There's no three-step plan to spending time with God, okay? It's, it's however you spend time with God. Spend that time. Give yourself that opportunity to do that, to get what you need, so that you got something to give away. Amen? Point two is to train your children and love your husband, Uh, A lot of moms get this backwards. They want to train their husbands and love their kids. (laughs) Preach preacher? Anybody say preach preacher? Oh, yeah. Come on. You know how it is. How many of you women are tempted to train your husband? Let's just get real honest. you in church. Come on. I don't feel like you're being honest yet. You want to train your husband. Whoop that brother into shape. Come on. Y'all starting to get a little more honest. Hands are going down. What's wrong? You're tempted to train your husband. Watch this. And love your kids. You'll serve your kids and mouth whip your husband. Right? You gotta be careful because watch this. This comes from somewhere, though. There's a place that this comes from. It's, it's something that's just in you. It's something that, that you're fighting against, ladies. The Bible says way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve fell, that, that God cursed the serpent, then he cursed the woman. He told the woman, labor's gonna hurt. So when it hurts, you just say, thank Eve. (laughs) Then he said, he, God said this. He said, watch this. He says, and you will desire to control your husband. So ladies, you're fighting the curse. So we just want to come here this morning with a big old smile and say, train your kids, but love your husband. Right? So watch what it says in verse four. It says, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. And so you got to be careful, and you got to fight the curse, ladies. Fight the curse. Who was there before the kids were there? He was. Say he was. Who's going to be there after the kids are gone? Say he is. He is, he right? Is. But too many families for too long have put the kids in the middle of their marriage and focused everything on the kids, and then when the kids leave, they don't even know each other. Amen? Am I preaching at the right church? Okay. Yep.
1: the struggle's real. <laughs> it is. It's real. Um, yeah, the, the big picture. I mean, when especially when the kids were younger, I would expect Jamie to come home and serve and to help and to without even have clear communication. You know what I mean? And I would expect him to come home from a hard day's work and take these kids. You know, I've been with them all day, and it caused a lot of strife. It did, but um, through communication and
0: years. Let me say something real quick. Yeah, go ahead, ladies. You're not training your husbands, but let me let me just clear this up. We do need some communication. They need help. Yeah, you you got to tell us what you need us to do. And and I just want to I want to help you guys out, guys. This is a good place to say amen. Uh, You got to make it simple. You get past ten words in one sentence, we shut down. I'm serious. Like, like, you need to say, like, I need you when you come home. The best way you can help me is, can you just distract the kids? Or if it's, can you help me in the kitchen? Or can you help me whatever? Right. And you're, you're asking for help. You're not trying to train. Right? And make yeah. it simple. Simple. We simple. need some help.
1: Yep. So I wanted to train him and not the kids. Yep. And, um And through his help. When they're, I mean, even when they're six or something, they can do something. So you have to train your kids because you're training adults. You have to see it as that. Yes, they're children, they're in your hands, but one day they're going to become adults. And you don't want to send adults into this world not knowing how to do anything for themselves. So it's our responsibility to train them. That's what the word says. It's okay. It won't kill them to learn how to wash their clothes and dry their clothes and fold their clothes and put them away. You know, I come from a home. My mama did everything for me. Everything for me. So I had to learn how to cook. I went into marriage, learn how to cook, learn how to clean everything. 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 It all turned out right though. Okay yeah, though. It was good. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> and remember, moms, we are not we're not our kids' maids. So that's why the the training comes along. You're the mother, not the mother. You're maid. the mother, and most importantly, you're you are your husband's oh, you are your husband's lover, not his mother. He had one mother.
0: Say that again. <laughs> say it. Preach, preach it. Come on, say it again.
1: You are your husband's lover, not his mother. One more time. No, it's okay.
0: I think they got it. Y'all didn't get that. I think they got it. Yep, yep, yep,
1: yep. They did. They got when it. When you get
0: a point, you got to preach a point.
1: I did preach it. Okay, all right. They got it. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to the men a little bit right now because a wise man will build his wife. A wise man will build his wife. Proverbs 14, 14 says, A wise woman builds her home. So look, if you build your wife, your wife will build her home. And so you have to speak life. You have to speak encouragement to us. Because guess what? We have a real devil that tells us we're not worth anything. And so, um, so, yeah.
0: So What did that look like for us? Yeah. There was days I would come home and Cheryl was beat down. And she was, because moms, you'll recognize this. I ruined them. I ruined them. Who it's said you ruined with. your kids? I, I've I blown it. it i 've gone too, too far, far. i 've crossed the line i 'm not may I should have never been a mama mm-hmm. right and, and they start listening to this. i 'm i 'm
1: like my mama or my daddy
0: yeah, and so I would come home and she would start to say that, and i I had to learn to to come against that, not against her, but come against that lie that she was believing, and I had to learn to start building her up yep. right. I had to even start reminding her of all the good comments that people had made about our kids. I said, you see, they may not be perfect kids. But people do like them. (laughs) They actually call them to spend the night at the house more than once, right? I was like, "Baby, you didn't ruin them. They're going to be okay." I had to build her up, yeah, because she builds the home. That's what that's what Proverbs says. Right, Psalm says Proverbs. So,
1: point number three is enjoy your family. Don't just survive your family. So Psalms 128, 1 through 4 says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor, how joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. So what matters most? Like my husband said, we were just saying we are harder, the most hardest on ourselves, and um, but with the grace of God, the grace of God. See, that's what my husband would tell me. He'd be like, "Man, I've blown it. I just beat the kid ten times today for the same thing. You know, when was he still alive?" Yes, he's still alive. Uh, but when will he get it? When will they get it? When will they get it? And, you know, you feel horrible for doing that. And I remember he would just tell me, he said, God's grace abounds. God's grace is sufficient. And um, so that was, that was help to me. So my kids are more concerned about the time that I spend with them than having everything perfect in my house. When I was younger, I killed myself to have my house just so. Killed myself time and time and time again. And now that I'm older, I'm like, it'll be there tomorrow. It's not going anywhere. It don't, it's not going anywhere. I'm not saying be a slob, okay, but I'm just saying it's not going It's not, not an excuse. It's not excuse, but just saying. But if your kid is in need, what I'm really saying is if your child is in need and you know that they're hurting or they know that they have something on their mind, it, it's okay to stop what you're doing to tend to them and tend to their hearts. So, um, yeah, so... Make memories. I mean, I rem- we have mem- a memory that we're going to share. Uh, when we lived in Jennings, Jamie degrassed our backyard because the land was too high, so it wouldn't drain right. So he was good at all that kind of stuff. So he degrassed and took out some, took out some uh, dirt and that. And then we watered the lawn, and the kids were little, so we just let them have at it—a big old mud slide, or mud fight, whatever you want to call that. It was both. It was both. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so then they, they were little yeah. bitty. And you're not, you're not, you know, you remember giving them the, the water hose bath? Come on, it's really fun for dads because, like, you get your little kids naked, right? Outside and it's cold and there's no hot water. And so, like, I'd hit them in all the sweet spots. And they're just sitting there like, and like, am I clean yet? Yeah? No, 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 you got a little bit more. And I don't know Torture. if y'all ever did that. Pray for me. But, but so we, we were watering them down outside, you know, because, it, and so I'll never forget. Ethan, we for some reason we had a cactus plant by the back door. My aunt
1: gave us a cactus. Somebody gave us
0: a cactus, and it just landed by the back door, and it, it had these little bitty thorns in it. And Ethan, Chababy baby, he was he was buck naked and white, and the brother was white, and he and he's walking, going into the house, and he's he's shivering, and he scrubbed his cheeks right up against that cactus and he went to screaming and hollering and man I jumped into daddy mode and we were like what are we gonna do so I threw him on and, and we're trying to pick him but there's too many I said there's hundreds I grabbed the lint roller baby we rolled them cheeks <laughs> 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 took all them thorns out of his, his little cheeks and his butts. his butt's good today <laughs> but we had memories we had fun times and right. And what, what we really get to enjoy now is that they're, they're all teenagers, is we get to enjoy sitting around telling stories from when they were young. Because, you see, God gave you an incredible family for us to enjoy it, not to just survive it. Amen? The clothes will always be dirty. The dish, the sink will fill up again. The garbage can will fill up again. Dirt will get in the carpet again. Take the time to enjoy it and make memories.
1: Right. Right. Life is about making memories with your family, not having a checklist and accomplishing it. So what what I want my kids to say about me whenever they leave the house, because that time is getting closer and closer. (laughs) And I want them to say, you know what? My mama wasn't perfect because I was I'm not. And I repent quickly. That's another thing. When you mess up, repent, you know, ask for forgiveness. Tell your kids that you're sorry. Um. But I want them to say mama was a perfect, but she enjoyed life. She loved people. She loved God and she had fun and we had fun together. So that's my encouragement with, to y'all is to hold on to God, hold on to his word and hold on to his presence. Cause that's, that's what makes it. That's what makes it pleasurable. And that's what keeps us going in the right direction.
0: That's good. I want to close it up this morning. I hope Hopefully this has helped some. We didn't want to be super long, but we didn't want to give you a little bit of insight and some encouragement this morning. But I want to close with this. Come on, Virginia. I've heard a lot of moms say over the years, I can't wait. It starts out with, I can't wait for them to feed themselves. Right? Then, then you say, I can't wait for them to change their diaper. Or, I can't wait for them to get out of diaper. Right? Finances need a break. (laughs) I'm like, see, you got 2,000 diapers. That's a lot of money. So, anyway, so then then you go into, I can't wait for them to be able to dress themselves. And then you think, man, that's a great day. And then you go, I can't wait for them to uh, drive. And then they drive and you're scared to death. Then one day when they're teenagers and they annoy you, you go, sometimes you may even think, I can't wait for them to leave the house until they're about to leave the house. And then you want to say, wait, 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 stop. Can we go back? Listen to me. It's too late then, right? You only feed them with, a, with the spoon in the bottle one time in their life. You only change their little diapers one time in their life. I may never get to pull thorns out of Ethan's butt ever again. It was one time in his life, and he's going, thank God, right? So I want you to understand this this morning. Stop focusing on how bad it is. Stop focusing on what can happen next. Start enjoying what's right in front of you now. Amen? Enjoy it now, because it's not going to always be there. The oldest is getting ready to leave the house. We bought her her first car, and it's like, man, our work's getting ready to be tested. It's scary, y'all. Some of you know this. It's scary. Like they're gonna leave, and everybody tells, "I oh, don't worry, they'll come back." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're gonna leave," and it's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a while between them now and babies again. And so, I'm just saying this morning, I just want you to enjoy your families. Yeah, it, let God. God gave us that. Yeah. Enjoy it to its fullest. Yeah, it's not to go too
1: far ahead. It's not to go back. It's to stay here. enjoy the right now.